0: Good to see you. Hey, thanks. So, uh, we welcome you. We're 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 here to worship the Lord this morning. This morning we're uh, talking about and focusing a little bit on the persecuted church around the world, and uh, it's not really it's not something we really know about here. I mean, we might think we're persecuted, but really, sometimes we're just inconvenienced around here. We don't know real persecution in this country. We don't know what it's like to wake up every day and not know that you're going to make it to the end of the day because of the fact that you say Jesus is king. And, uh, so let's, uh, focus our hearts and minds on God's church around the world and try to think beyond our little safe bubble, our conveniences and our comforts are the things we fight for to keep us comfortable. The things we fight for in this country are for power. And uh, man, the church is so much bigger than than this. And so let's let's focus on that this morning. Let's pray for them and let's worship the God who saves. Tim's going to read a bit of scripture as we go.
1: Hebrews twelve chapters, Hebrews chapter twelve verses one through three it says: Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, and fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary. And
2: saints who from their labors rest to thee by faith before the world confess thy name O oh Jesus before forever blessed hallelujah hallelujah and thou was their rock Their fortress and their might, thou, Lord, their captain. In the well fought fight, thou, in the darkness, cheer their one true light. Rest, sweet is the calm of paradise, the blessed, alleluia, alleluia, but though there brings a yet more glorious day, the saints try
0: says the Lord. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when it went to find its rest. The Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. It's there in the
3: newborn cry. There in the light of every sunrise, it's there in the shadows of this light,
2: your great grace
3: It's there on the mountain top there in the everyday and the Monday. There in the sorrow and the dancing, your great grace, oh such grace. From the creation to the cross, then from the cross into eternity, your Your grace finds faith. There on the wedding day, there in the weeping by the graveside. There in For the rich and poor The same for the the saint and for the sinner Not for this whole wide world world. Your great great grace Such grace From the creation to the cross there from the cross into eternity
4: your grace finds
3: me yes your grace finds me there in the darkest night of the soul there in the sweetest songs of victory your grace Yes, Your grace finds me. Your great grace, oh such grace. Your great grace, oh such grace. Same for the rich and poor. same for the saint and for the sinner. Enough for this whole wide world. Your great grace, oh such grace.
0: A song we haven't played in a really long time, and it's a it's a song of, of lament. And there's not a whole lot of that in church music. I feel like there should probably be more, especially if you read the Psalms. Um, there's a whole lot of that, but at the end of the lament, we have a Savior. And uh, so this is a song called "When the Tears Fall." Psalm 69, 29 to 30. But I am afflicted in, and in pain. May your salvation, O oh God, set me securely on high. I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. It's kind of interesting. you know, I'm afflicted and in pain. I'm sorry, I can't do this and talk. Uh, can't win them all, right? Um, I'm afflicted and in pain. I'm afflicted in pain, but I will praise the Lord. I will sing. I will sing. (laughs) It's not always easy to do, but uh, we do have a Savior. We do have a King. We do have hope. All right, let's try this again.
3: questions without answers I've known sorrow I have known pain but this one You'll be the song Within my heart In the lone hour Of my sorrows Through the darkest night Of my soul You surround When the laughter fails to comfort, when my heart aches, Lord, are you?
0: God thank you for the fact that you are a light in the darkness And as dark as it may seem sometimes Lord you are still God you are still king you are still on the throne you are still worthy of all praise and all glory you are our savior our rescuer thank you God thank you that you meet us where we are Thank you that you draw us near to you. Thank you that you try to raise us up to something more than what we can ever do ourselves. Help us to pursue you as you've pursued us in good times and bad. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can have a seat. Kingdom kids, you are dismissed.
1: So if you, if you didn't know and you had to guess, it is November, and this month our Kingdom Kids will be learning about being thankful, and thanks, and thanksgiving, and all kinds of stuff, which is pretty awesome because we have a similar theme potentially coming up for communion this month, thanks and thankfulness, and uh, we're excited. There are some awesome things happening here, um, not just from a staff standpoint or a ministry standpoint, but the, uh, it feels more and more each week that the Spirit is moving and um, uh, if you use instagram there 's a a worship leader named Rick Pino, and, and this week he had a video posted talking about the um, the height of our worship the height of our worship experience is going to be the foundation for generations to come and uh, I think that 's just been awesome, not just from a singing standpoint but from a lifestyle standpoint that the the pinnacle of our worship experience is going to be the foundation of generations to come. And you guys have a part of that, and that's awesome. And if you're wondering what on earth does that mean, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it later couple announcements this morning. Membership class, Sunday, November 10th and 17th. This is happening in room 18, straight through the gym, straight up into the hallway in the high school wing. You can contact the church office if you're planning on attending. Uh, Jody will be back this week, I believe, so you'll be able to get more information from her if you haven't done so. And this is for anybody who's interested in becoming a member or who is planning on becoming a member. Or maybe if you're just new here and you're thinking, what's going on here at Harmony? Well, come find out uh... we have child protection training this is happening on saturday november ninth this starts at nine a m the class only runs maybe two hours two and a half hours uh... most of you have done it if you're working with kids if you have not you have to sign up to take this course. Uh, it's a quick morning. Uh, we it's 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 mandatory for anybody who serves with the children's ministry from nursery all the way up through Ignite. And uh, so sign up. Call the office if you have any questions or if you're gonna if you can't make it on a Saturday. We have a condensed one coming up for our teenagers. Maybe we can get you into there. So if you're a teenager, mark your calendars uh, on November 17th at 9 o'clock. If you're working in the nursery, if you're working in Kingdom Kids, uh, if you help at Awanas, teens, you have to go through this. Even if you've already gone through it, we need you here because there's some new stuff, new information new guidelines, and new policies we have to roll out to you. Uh, Before we uh, take up the offering and before we pray, um, I would like to extend an incredible thank you for everyone who came in on Thursday night and handed out candy, who ran game booths, who made hot dogs and chili. Uh, It was an amazing night. Uh, We had at least, I don't know, I I felt like there was at least 150 kids that came through. So when you start counting kids and parents and grandparents, a lot of traffic came through our building, and it could not have been done without you guys. And uh, I'd like to say from, from me and the pastoral staff and everybody, thank you so much. You guys really stepped up, and you really did an awesome thing. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm going to invite the ushers to come up. Most of them are here, but I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to have a quick little special, and then Pastor John's going to take over. Let's pray. Father, God, you are an awesome God, uh, unique and holy, unique in love, loyal love, the things that you uh, delight in. Uh, Lord, help us to be justice seekers. Help us to be humble. Help us to love mercy. Help us to uh, walk with you, Lord, in worship. Help us to walk with you in spirit. Help us to stand in truth. Fathers, we think of those throughout the, the world who are persecuted for your namesake. And as Mike said, in contrast to our inconveniences, it's amazing. But well, we do live in a country where we have the freedom to worship you. Lord, let's not forget those that do not. Lord, help us to uh, stand in prayer. Help us to stand united for the universal church, Lord, as we lift them up to you. Lord, as Pastor brings his message this morning, Lord, I pray that you would speak through him, Lord, as we stand to unite in prayer together as a congregation. Lord, as believers united in uh, your Son, Lord, that we can stand, that we can pray, that we can love, that we can worship. So, Father, we ask these things in your name. Lord, we collect this offering. We ask that it be used to further your kingdom, Lord, that we could bless the people in it. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
3: I will sing for the meek, for those who pray with their very lives for peace. Those
0: When the nations fall
3: In spirit, pour in mercy
4: Good morning Saints glad you're here I'm glad you're here I'm sorry you're not glad you're here but I'm glad all right let me get organized I have too many things I, I uh, let uh, Tim make that announcement because I was actually going to say something because I came through on Thursday and uh, you guys blew me away it was really awesome what a great time and great chili dogs Yes, that's the only thing that mattered. No, it was great. It was awesome, all the people. So much fun. Um, I think we already know where we're going today, but actually you don't totally, because I'm actually preaching straight out of the book of Hebrews. So let me mention a couple of things, if I could, by way of start. Um, Last week I missed, and I was really glad I missed, because I heard that Derek's message was extremely convicting. So I'm glad I missed it. I was listening to it on the way over, Derek, and I got here before you got to the convicting part. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) So it was great, right? I heard it was a wonderful morning, and uh, what Tim said is true. Uh, There seems to be a spirit uh, move, a moving, a stirring of the Holy Spirit uh, to move us forward, and uh, we're excited about that. Several things I wanted to mention. I wasn't here last week because I was helping down on Long Island with a church assessment like we went through. Well, it was you went through because I wasn't part of the we yet. It was before my time. And so we did that down on Long Island and um, had a wonderful time with those folks and uh, was able to speak some encouragement, which ended up encouraging me, Uh, which you know me. I'm pretty needy and uh so i needed some encouragement it was very cool i ha- i have to say uh you know do you remember anybody remember who was part of that that they show you the life cycle of a church anybody remember that graph and uh you know when when you start a church everything's like woohoo you're you're probably a little spastic it doesn't work real well but everybody's got vision and enthusiasm excitement and then things become kind of you know settled and then you start the downward slope where machinery and programs become more important than the purpose why we're here. And uh, till you get to the point of really being pretty ill. And uh, when I got here, I remember that we were pretty low on that scale. And this, this church was also down on that side, but they were a little above us. So they were, they were further up on the ski slope heading down into Never Never Land, if you will. And uh, they just, uh, some wonderful saints that love the Lord, and as I was asked to share a little bit, just our journey, I was able to speak some life to them, and uh, it encouraged me, it encouraged them, and I thought about how I've been here, it's hard to believe, I've been here six years, and, and it's been like war, not, I know you don't feel a lot of this, but I have, for five years, four and a half years, and then something started to give, And uh, people are pressing in and taking Jesus seriously. Can you imagine? In church, taking Jesus seriously. But that was such a refreshment to me, and I was able to speak to that. And I couldn't hardly tell them our story without starting to cry. I'm driving home, and it was like a hurricane down on Long Island last Sunday for some reason. Floods all over the roads. I like that kind of stuff. That's fun to me. And I'm driving, and I'm weeping as I'm praising God for what he's been doing among us. So I just want to say praise the Lord. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep seeking. Thanks for such a great time. Two weeks ago, that phenomenal party, I, we're still kind of wow about that. And then yesterday, work day, a bunch of people came here, started fixing things up, and really fun. You're acting like a church, (laughs) right? So for those of you who are mad, sorry, I'll talk to you later, okay. All right, so last week was good. I'm so excited and pleased about it, and I just wanted to say thank you again to the church as a whole. You got in your bulletin today a little uh, Voice of the Martyrs PR. I'm not giving this to you because I want you to support Voice of the Martyrs. I won't fight it if you choose to support Voice of the Martyrs, but the reason we did this is so that we would have a prayer focus, because this morning will be a little bit different. I actually have two thrusts today. One is that we understand a little more about prayer, and we will revisit that more because it's such a vital, critical subject And I know that when uh, we started prayer meetings, which, by the way, there is prayer meeting tonight and here for those who can make it, that was kind of new for a lot of us and kind of exciting, which really should be kind of normal for uh, churches if they're healthy. Not that it has to be Wednesday night at 6 or 7 p.m. or even Sunday night. That's not the point. The point is that there's an old expression, you may have heard it, the church marches forward on her knees meaning god as one of the great divines once said does nothing except according to prayer he moves his people to pray so that he can show his glory so that he can show his great answers and uh i think sometimes we just forget that it's like ah it's going to be what it's going to be and yet things can in fact change Uh, there was a book written years ago i won't say who because He may be uh, disparaged in some circles, but what he had to say was good, changing history through prayer and fasting, having an impact in the real world. And with the subject that we're going to end with today, we certainly need some changes in history. We need some changes in governments, in powers that are allowed to oppress people around the world, and so that's why we're pressing into this text today. For those of you who are visiting, we've been in a series in the book of Hebrews. And uh, today's passage I'm going to ask you to turn to. It's page 1198 in the black Bible that's in the chair. Or if you know your way around the Bible, turn to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Just before we read the text together, let me share this. Before sunrise on May 13, 2018 people were heading into their churches in Indonesia, in the city of Surabaya, East Java. 6.30 a.m., two young men ages 18 and 16 detonated explosives about 12 feet away from a young lady and her children meeting killing people in their Roman Catholic Church. 7.15, just a little bit later, A Protestant church, the Indonesia Christian Church, a security guard sent something was not right as a woman and two little girls were heading into the front door, tried to stop them, and they detonated their explosives. She detonated the bombs, killing herself and her two daughters. They weren't powerful enough, fortunately, in this case, to harm anyone. Even the security guards survived in that case. But a little bit later, at 753, a charismatic Pentecostal church, a minivan, rammed the church's gate, also detonating explosives, killing two people and flames throughout the building, a number of people seriously wounded. Think about that. I don't think any of you worried about getting blown to smithereens when you came to church this morning or walked into the building. And yet, this was simply business as usual, if you will, in a sense, with certain people in their opposition against the kingdom of heaven or just hostility in general toward the west or whatever it might be. One of the thoughts that came to me as we were worshiping this morning, and especially as Mike and the team sang those songs, uh, that that special about the saints that suffer, is that there is an ultimate loyalty that the true believer cannot bend about, and that's why sometimes we irk people, because Jesus is in fact Lord, and that's where we want to park. Years ago at our other assembly, uh, a brother from the Philippines named Wally, that's easy for me to say, Wally Mondangle was his name. He was serving in State Department work in Saudi Arabia when he was arrested because he had started a small church. And uh, you know, there are places that are, quote, tolerant of Christianity, but not always really underneath the surface. And he was uh, arrested and he was confined from our chair illegally but uh, tortured to renounce his work and stop doing what he was doing and speaking for the gospel. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget, I mean, I I hope I remember him saying in his story when his house was invaded by the authorities and his wife and daughter, I remember her name specifically, Precious Joy, that was the name of his daughter, They were watching him be arrested, and they were saying, you need to stop doing this, you need to renounce Christianity. And how would you pray for them? How would you pray right now for them? Well, mostly we would pray that he'd get out of it, right? But yes, we would pray for strength, which is exactly what happened when his wife and daughter, little girl, said, no, Daddy, don't do it. Don't give in to them. Don't listen to them. Can you imagine encouraging him? And he went through incredible torture, finally got out, is ministering, encouraging people to push back on human rights violations and serve the persecuted church. Wally Mundangle, great guy. You can look him up on Google. He'll pop right up. That's my question. How would you pray for them? So I want to take a few minutes to look into the word together. For those of you who are visiting or maybe you're new, Um, this is simply a gathering of people who believe in Jesus and want to learn how to follow him. That's why we gather, okay? I mean, sometimes people don't know why they gather, but that's why we're here, is that we worship him and give him attention and that we become more and more like him because he's the God who sent his son into the world to rescue us from our sins and give us new life and assure us of life beyond the grave with him in heaven for his glory. Let us draw nigh. That's my title today. This is the Better Things series out of Hebrews, and today's title is Let Us Draw Nigh. Can we put that screen up? You look like my wife doing that. Every time she needs to say something, it gets choked up. She goes... <laughs> my brother Ryan's back there going... But I don't think he's crying. I think he's trying to get the screens to work anybody notice something about my title thank you not just one but two asterisks which means it's double stolen material i heard i got i got commentary about that last week and i also heard that i uh i was i had my words used against me that brits are more spiritual than americans that's all right i ask forgiveness okay Let us draw nigh, two asterisks. And the reason is, that's the name of a book, and the name of the book was stolen from the scripture, which, of course, is public domain, so you can steal it. But old, old King James language, even the new King James says, let us draw near. But that's what it's saying. Let us draw nigh. Let us come close, if you will. And so, if you would, look in the scripture with me, page 1198. Verse 11, right at the top of the page at the second column, right here, it's the end of the, first, uh, the fourth chapter that we're reading. Um, I don't do this very often. If you're not um, in, let's say, a wheelchair or hurting, herding and you need to stay seated, go ahead and do that. But can we stand because this is the word of God, not my word. It's the word that God has given us so that we might know him and follow him. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Wow. This is his word. That's why I asked you to stand. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The word of the Lord amen stay standing i'd like to pray for us today god as we've gathered out of the world the very first thing i think some of us are thinking is thank you that we walked in here in safety and we'll probably leave in safety and get home safely that's not a guarantee it's not a guarantee for us it's not a guarantee for our brothers and sisters around the world especially in places where naming your name is dangerous Lord, we we admire them, we pray for them, we ask for grace for them, we ask for grace for us. And we ask in Jesus' name that we may, because of our gathering together week after week, because of the stirring of the Spirit, may we be responsive in the weeks ahead so that we may become more and more steadfast like they are, but even more importantly, more like our Master Jesus, who was tempted in every way just like us, but held his ground, won the battle, rescued us with his shed blood that washes away our sin. There's no other religion that commands that. No other religion that commends a self-sacrificing God who gives up his son, a part of himself. He literally dies on our behalf. I'll help you deal with your sin. There's no way to erase it. It has to be dealt with once and for all. And so I'll pay the price myself and endure death so that you don't have. Show me another God like that. There is none. We bless you and worship you. Help us to be more like your son. Help us grow. We'll thank you for the Holy Spirit's assistance here. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Let us draw nigh. The text that I want to park on, that's a wonderful portion, but where it ends is... That closing verse, it says, Let us draw near. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. It's based, uh, the, the title comes from this text and its sister text, which is later in the book, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. That one says, Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's the King James Version. That's talking about praying ground, which I realized when I read that verse, I need to help you understand what it does it mean to pray on praying ground. In other words, in a place where I have assurance that I can be heard. Anybody ever pray and wonder whether you're being heard? Anybody not telling me the truth? We've all been there. Then there are times in our spiritual experience where I know I have received what I'm asking. Anybody experienced that? Okay, that is praying ground and learning to press in. We'll talk about that, but not today. And I'm not here, whoever it is, I'm not here this title came from these kind of verses because a gentleman who i'm going to show you a statue of this gentleman andrew murray anybody ever heard of him he's written a bunch of books over 500 writings as a matter of fact but the ones that are most famous are uh, abide in christ with christ in the school of prayer Uh, that's the name of them he was quite uh, an influential person in south africa in the Reformed churches that experienced profound revival and um, missionary outreach, great renewals uh, in his day at the end of the last, it's not now, I'm in what century am I in? Now I'm in the 2000s, so at the end of the 1800s into the early 19. That's where his name comes from. Uh, One of his books is Let Us Draw Nigh, based on hebrews the 10th chapter the verse that we just looked at a minute ago some of you you know i used to i used to um as a pastor over the years especially with a lot of parishioners around me would often be invited uh to i want to say this nicely um, take travel trips at the expense of other people Uh, go to the holy land for example all you have to do is get enough people who are willing to drop that money and the pastor gets to go for free. Now, I'm not saying it's immoral or anything. I just just never really could resonate with that. But a lot of people want to go to the Holy Land. Anybody want to go to the Holy Land? Some of you have been. Surely, I'm not jealous. <laughs> Too much. You know, People often ask me, don't you want to go to the Holy Land? You want to hear my response? I, I'm so unspiritual. You hired the wrong pastor. I told you that a million times. Not really. But that's where Jesus walked. I have a picture of um, Andrew Murray's church in Wellington, South Africa. You want to know something? Jesus walked there. The Spirit moved in. There are places around the globe that when I've heard that Profound movements of the spirit, revivals have happened. Thousands of people were swept into the kingdom of heaven. Jonathan Edwards preaching in New England. I like to go there and just kind of touch. That's where Jesus was. Oh, 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 it's not the same as in one. I get it. But I think my master Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, and it's actually going to be better for you when that helper comes instead of me being physically there the spirit of god brings jesus into places that we have the privilege of experiencing here on the earth okay so that's andrew murray somebody who knew something about praying so the two prongs of my message today is let's learn something about praying and then let's do it okay so this morning we'll end a little differently, as a, as our congregation is going to get engaged in corporate prayer. If you've ever been to a concert of prayer, what we do is we break into groups and we pray. I don't put anybody under pressure. If you're not an out loud prayer, nobody's going to force you. In fact, I'm not even going to make you get up out of your seat if you don't want to. You can sit there while everybody else moves. Now I'm kidding. I'm really not, but we are going to pray together for the saints abroad who are facing persecution. And I think there's a two-fold side to it because I cannot help whenever I think of the plight of others. It kind of puts my first world problems in perspective. Helps me out a little bit. So... Draw near with confidence. Let's put uh, Hebrews 4.16 up one more time. Three words you want to get out of here. I'm going to unpack this. Let us, therefore, draw near. Who are we drawing near to? Yeah, the throne of grace. It's, a, it's an Old Testament picture. Remember, they had the Holy of Holies. They had the Ark of the Covenant and the cherubim, the place where God's voice would actually come out when Moses was on the scene. That's amazing that sacred place that no one was allowed to go into, including the high priest only once a year with the blood of sacrifice, that place has been, if you will, opened up to the believer because of the blood of Jesus. It's profound. That's what most of the book of Hebrews is talking about, this openness we have to draw near. I remember my wife and I, we were newlyweds and, and in seminary, and at the end of our second year during the summer... We flew to Japan for short-term mission work, and we took tours of the place. There's a lot of shrines, a lot of temples, and it's not uncommon to draw near to the local god. If you're going to get his attention, you have to either ring a bell, make sure he's, in, make sure he's home, ring the bell, clap your hands to get his attention, to draw near. The word that's used, let us draw near, is that kind of language of drawing near to a deity, drawing near to a God. We don't have to clap hands and we don't have to ring a bell. He's always alive, ever vigilant. We just read a verse that says, there is nothing hidden from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. This is the living God. Draw near with confidence. But those aren't the words I want to talk about. I want to talk about, one... Your first fill-in is C, confidence. Let us draw near with confidence. Bold, plain, candid speech. Be open, be frank with God. Stop schmoozing him. You know, we schmooze each other, don't we? Don't want to really tell where my mind was just at 20 minutes ago. I don't want to tell you. But when I talk to God... I can't schmooze him. He already knows that I was down a really dirty path. <laughs> now I'm just making that up. That never happens. Yes, it does. Don't schmooze God. He knows exactly what you. To... Be frank. That's the word. It, it can be translated. Be frank with God. I, I was emphasizing that one time. Somebody bought me a shirt. It had Frankenstein. Said, "Be frank." You know, like. I hope you got the point. But anyway, okay, I'll wear Frankenstein. Confidence. Ever, ever see in the military or military movies or permission to speak frankly, sir, or permission to speak candidly, sir? Remember that line? You already got it. Permission to speak candidly. God has already taken care of your sins. Do you understand the gospel? Past, present, and future. Oh, thank God! I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah, you can. Anyway, I leave that hang so everybody say, "What is he teaching?" (laughs) I'm teaching the gospel, the good news. Our sins have been dealt with. I can come frankly before God. I don't have to cower. Sometimes I should be ashamed, but I don't have to cower. I can come and say, I can't believe, Jesus, that I went down that path. What an idiot. Anybody ever say that to him? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't have to use the word idiot, but it works for me. I always say, God watches out for his idiots, so my wife and I always say, we're safe. <laughs> Confidence, permission to speak freely. God says, you already have it. Ownership, the next word in that verse The throne of grace that we may receive. That word receive is lay hold of it. Lambano, it means to grasp, to get it, to lay hold of it. In a timely way, in fact, that we may have grace, we may have help in time of need in a timely way. I need to find it, I need to come after it, and I need to grab it, right? Anybody ever seen some of that great art that I... uh, Oh, I I heard I got put in my place about 80s movies, too. But, yeah, this one's back a while. Um, It was a Weird Al film called UHF. I don't know if anybody ever saw it. It's a real corny, dumb movie. I'm not necessarily recommending it. But if you want to keep coming to my church, you may want to see... No, I'm kidding. Just teasing... And if you are visiting, by now you figured out I have an odd sense of humor, so sorry. In that film, somebody is exhorting another person, sometimes you just have to grab life by the lips and yank. And that's exactly what you have to do when you're praying. You need to grab it, lay hold of it, and make it your own. Which brings us to one other word that we may receive mercy and find grace. When I use the word grace, I think most Christians, if you've been in the church a while, you've been taught, or you've read scripture, how do you define grace? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. God's riches at Christ's expense. What else? Getting what you, you, yeah, getting mercy that you don't deserve, right? You're not getting what you really deserve. That's grace, right? When you mention grace, we usually think in terms of our forgiveness. Think about it as enablement. The mother who's had five kids hanging off her hair all day says, Lord, give me grace. It's not forgiveness that she needs. They need the forgiveness. What does she need? You like that, huh? (laughs) See, now that's what I'm talking about right there. What does she need? Enablement. She needs strength to get through the rest of the day and not do something radically wrong. We had one of those, you know. It's like (laughs) my wife and I would talk. I don't know which one of us isn't going to live through this, you know. (laughs) We needed grace. You follow? I need grace that 's enabling power, enablement that God gives me, the word that is used are the words for cables that support a ship actually helps me something I can lay hold of it 'll pull me out of the mire in my moment of desperation. I need timely support. Think about it. I want to lay hold of God. I want to learn how to get on praying ground so I can have not only confidence I already know I can be frank with God. I want to have the enablement to own this thing, to get it, and to have God intervene. Too often our prayers, and I'm I'm guilty, we do need God's grace just to calm our spirit and keep a right attitude and all of that, but there are times we need to see him glorify himself by doing something active, the living God in the here and now. A timely support at the right time. Time. Supernatural intervention. I've shared this before, but anyway, it's been a long time ago. So, my very first pastor, I was working with a shepherd who I love as a brother, but one of the things that happened is a bunch of people came into the kingdom, he ended up falling into an immoral relationship. And I remember we had to, we had to track him down to prove what was happening because there was so much dishonesty and I remember sitting in an automobile with a brother who just went to be with Jesus a couple of weeks back um, in a car one of my elders on a stakeout can you imagine pastors that have stakeouts on their people I want you to tuck that away we stuck, we had, you know, thank God for McDonald's. <laughs> Grabbed a little food to keep us going, sitting all night waiting for the motel door to open. I'll never forget how scared I was. I'm a young 20 something punk out of seminary. I'm sitting there. You know how that is? It's cold, I'm hungry, but I'm also terrified. And I remember Lenny, you need to pray for me. And he prayed for me. And it was as though somebody was pouring healing oil over my body. I just calmed down and had authority. Got out of the car, went right to the door, and ended it. You need enabling grace in your time of need. You don't need it now. You need it when you need it. I need enabling grace to face the IRS this month. Not next month. Not last month. I need grace, enabling grace today so that I don't respond with evil for the evil I'm getting from that neighbor. I need enabling grace to help me. I need enabling grace when my time to lay my life down comes. I don't need it now. I need it when I'm going to go through that door. That's when I need that enabling grace. I've seen that over and over again. God's power coming on people, enabling grace. So that's the meaning of this verse. Isn't that a great verse? Draw near, no problem having him hear you, with frankness. Own it, grab it, and get the enablement you need. Sometimes the only way I know to pray, and I've shared it before, I've come in this auditorium when no one else is around, and I don't know where to begin, and I go, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Some of the great reformers prayed that way, and I can too. Or, how many of you have prayed this way? We've heard it here. Lord, I believe. Help thou my... There you go. That's valid. And he hears. He hears. So what about prayers relating to pressure? Prayers under pressure. Prayers about persecution. Remember, the book of Hebrews is written to a bunch of Jewish seminarians that are facing the possibility for the first time in the Roman Empire. Persecution already broke out. The Christian church is now under that Um, cloud of potential opposition these folks have had their synagogues protected by the Roman Empire and all of a sudden they're signing up for Jesus as Messiah and their status is changing, you understand? Do we want to go through with this? This may cost us and some of them are having second thoughts and that's why the book of Hebrews keeps preaching to them. Don't fall away. That's the way the passage started in verse 11 right? Make sure we press in, hang on, trust God, lay hold of him with confidence and get the enablement you need to stand firm no matter what. It's appropriate today then for us. Exhortations for us to stay faithful to our Savior, Jesus, right? So let me tell you about three stories. You'll recognize some of them. If you're new, it'll be new stories, but they're out of the book of Acts. Some texts that talk about um, saints under pressure and what kind of prayer must have happened on their behalf. Saints under, prayers under pressure. Acts 5.41 is the first one. This one is the story where Peter and John have been arrested for preaching. They've already been arrested one time. An angel, I would love to have that happen. You'd be very confident, right, if an angel let you out of jail. So. How did that happen? They get out. They're looking for them in jail. They're gone. They're out in the plaza. They're preaching the gospel again, the thing they got in trouble for. They're out doing it again. So they grab them a second time, and this time the authorities want to kill them. And Gamaliel, a wise statesman, says, "Um, I wouldn't advise that. Let me just tell you that there's all kinds of kooks that come around, all kinds of messianic nutcases, and they usually end up being nothing in the end. So don't do something radical. They listen to him, so they survive. But just to get the point across, they now think about this. They survive, but just to get the point across, they get dragged in a room and flogged. Flogged. You know what happened to Jesus? Blood whips across the back. Here's their reaction. They went on their way from the presence of the council swearing and angry and promising, I'll never go back to church. I was, ah, this is a terrible business. Rejoicing that they had been considered worthy. Do you see that? Worthy to suffer shame for his name. To be beaten like a common criminal was a shame for a respectable Jew. That's why Paul said, what are you doing beating me? I'm a citizen. What do you think you're doing? Anyway, Rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. So what do you think the J word is, or the R word? Yeah, rejoicing, rejoicing. Worthy to suffer shame. I think Jesus confirmed that, didn't he? Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's not my opinion. That's Jesus giving you a command. When that happens, choose to rejoice, don't misunderstand, we're not saying, two things I'm not saying today, not saying we love persecution, never should the church be praying for persecution, some people get these stupid ideas, I don't know where they get, let's pray for persecution, the church will get real strong, you start, you go first, (laughs) you know, duh, never, the problem is if it happens, then what? okay i'm not saying that i'm also not saying that our difficulties and suffering and griefs that we go through in the here and now in warm and cozy america that those aren't real and painful too that's not what we're saying but we're looking beyond that for a few moments second one um peter gets arrested at one point for preaching the gospel remember that time And he does get released. And here's what happened, though. Before he gets released, the Scripture simply says this. So, Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. What do you think they were praying for? What happened when he got out? They didn't believe it was him. It must be his angel. He's dead. His angel just showed up. Get it? You get it? I think some people did pray for his release, but the primary prayer was for steadfastness in Peter's life. Help him to stand for... If you read the context, James, the brother of John, had just been executed, and everybody loved it, and so Herod said, okay, arrest Peter. He's next. They were expecting him to lose his head. Pray for steadfastness which is exactly what our brethren around the world need and what Wally Mendangle's little daughter told him to do. Don't quit, Daddy. And then that famous one I named my son after, Stephen, the first martyr. Stephen preaches the gospel, they get furious with him as they're taking him out of town, out of, outside the gates to stone him to death. He knows the end's coming, and he looks up and he says to the crowd, I actually see Jesus standing at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's called enabling grace, dropping down into you when you need it. Wouldn't that be awesome? I see him stand. I know Jesus is seated, and somebody has said... Probably he was seeing Jesus standing to receive his first martyr. That just made them go nutcase, just like some of the people in the world today, out of their minds with violence. And they're stoning him to death. And as he is dying, here's what it says. They went on stoning Stephen as he had called upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. One of the prayer requests on this, forgive and love. Their persecutors. When Russia was the Iron Curtain country and Christians were sorely persecuted, Tortured for Christ was the book written by Richard Wormbrand, beginning of these kind of ministries right there. You can't count how many people eventually came to faith, people who persecuted the very Christians that they put to death because of the forgiveness and the love they refused to be beaten by them and those people later were haunted by it until they came to faith in Jesus Christ who can tell don't hold this sin against them what do you think the f word there is forgiveness listen i'm a weenie okay I'm just being blunt I've been mocked by people. I've had smirks. I've had the eye rolling. Oh, brother. Jesus freak. I had a Bible I gave to a friend, torn up, thrown down the incinerator. I got ripped up by, his, by the father of the situation. I've been threatened once, but I've never been touched. I'm a wuss. It's no big deal. Our friends overseas, and I think it'll come here, are disowned by their families. They're fired from their workplaces. They're displaced from their houses, sometimes burned out. They're physically, sexually, mentally abused, tortured, and put to death. By their blood, the church goes forward. I think we have, as Americans, a wrong view of what's coming. You know, we love the late great Planet Earth. Remember that? Want to get out of here as soon as we can. This brother wrote a book. Uh, their blood cries out. Paul Marshall talking about the worldwide tragedy of modern Christians who are dying for their faith more now in our generation than ever in the early persecutions of Rome. Way more. For those of us living in this world, he quotes Lindsay, as we approach an age of growing persecution, there's something else to look forward to. God promises that he will take his flock out of this world just before the persecution becomes most unbearable. I don't really care what your theology is. Drop the subject for right now. Just listen. Here's his response to that. Just before everything becomes unbearable. Apparently, Lindsay must mean that this will happen before Americans get persecuted since in Central American jungles, Soviet gulags, Chinese labor camps, Pakistani jails, Indian riots and Sudanese villages, countless believers have already paid the ultimate price for their faith. I'll just leave it there. What it does for me when I think about our brothers and sisters is I'm burdened for them. I have not prayed adequately for them. But when I think about it, it always, always challenges me. Am I one of those noble saints? Will I rise to the occasion? Will I lay hold of the grace that I need at the right time?
1: Does anybody remember
4: a great hymn, The Son of God Goes Forth to War? We don't sing songs like that anymore in our, I'll be blunt, emasculated, scared culture. The Son of God goes forth to war, a kingly crown to gain. His blood-red banner streams afar. Who follows in his train? Who best can drink his cup of woe, triumphant over pain? Who patient bears their cross below? He follows in his train. Talks about the martyr who first saw Stephen, his eagle eye, saw beyond the grave. Let me read the third and fourth verses. A glorious band, the chosen few on whom the Spirit came, 12 valiant saints, their hope they knew, and mocked the cross and flame. They met the tyrant's brandished steel, the lion's gory mane. They bowed their necks the death to feel. Who follows in their train? A noble army, we sang about for all the saints this morning. I love that song. "'A noble army, men and boys, the matron and the maid, "'around the Savior's throne rejoice in robes of light arrayed.'" A reference to he, uh, Revelation, right? Those who suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus and would not receive the mark of the beast and all of that, the martyrs praising him around the throne. "'In robes of light arrayed, they climb the steep ascent of heaven "'through peril, toil, and pain. "'O oh God, to us may grace be given.'" And laid hold of to follow in their train. How did they do it? By looking unto Jesus. The passages are coming, right? Looking unto Jesus. We read it this morning. The the author and finisher of our faith. Look at verse 14. Verse 15, just before the verse we unpacked this morning. Here's what it says. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. What was the biggest temptation he had? To skip the cross. Father, if it's your will, can this cup pass from me, right? Nevertheless, not my will. Whew. You wonder how the saints lay hold of the grace they need? That's how. Jesus set the standard. It's helpful to do some self-examination once in a while. What do you think? So we're going to go to corporate prayer, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask some point people to be out there. Uh, All staff, elders, deacons who are in the room, stand up. And what I want you to do is take like locations, like one there, one there, one here, one here, one there, and one here. We're going to gather around those point people. If someone's in a chair, can't get up, gather around them so they don't have to move, okay? You don't have to pray out loud. Did you all hear me? Anybody who's nervous saying, what have I gotten into this? What kind of a cult group is this? This is called a concert of prayer. For the next 10 minutes, we're just going to pray, And then I'll close our time down. Those who are point people, start it off. Get somebody else to follow. Just pray as you feel led. If you don't know how to pray for the suffering church, there's a bunch of sample prayer requests right here on this piece of paper. And I don't think it's out of order not only to pray for the saints abroad, even if we don't know who they are, pray for them. It's okay to pray for us as well that we might follow in his train. Can i mention one thing when wilson's were here he's already put his meat hook into me wants me to go with him to myanmar to minister to pastors who are at risk exactly like what we're talking about so there's something specific you could pray for maybe my kids worried about me going but not let's pray for it okay so point people take your positions first So we know where to go, I got one there, there's Steve, there's Jim, uh, Dr. Ashley, Derek, Pastor Derek, uh, we need somebody down, oh, he's down here and you're down here, okay, let's head to those people, let's gather around and pray for the next few minutes, keep praying till you hear me overrule you by praying louder than all your groups. Go ahead, team leaders, start them up. close out in prayer in the great name of Jesus Lord the great name of Jesus King of Kings Lord of Lords the name above every name the name given among men whereby we must be saved in his name Lord we plead on behalf of our brothers and sisters who suffer We ask for enabling grace that they lay hold of it. Strengthen our brothers and sisters. I think especially of our pastor friends in Myanmar. And Lord, today as I listen to some of our prayers, I hear intercession for the saints. I hear intercession for us that we, Lord, are so grateful you've been merciful to us in ways we don't deserve. And ask that we would lay hold of grace to follow in your train strengthen your servants god let the prayers the intercessions that have come out of the mouths of your saints here rise to heaven like incense like we see in the book of revelation coming up before the father that he might act and answer on our behalf we commit ourselves to your grace we need it desperately put your favor and your angels and your holy spirit's ministry upon all of your saints here In the great name of Jesus, we ask it, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for praying. You're dismissed. You can keep fellowshipping or not.